When it comes to networking, have you ever thought to yourself, I know I need to network, but I just can't bring myself to do it? If so, don't worry, you're not alone. But if you're thinking that, chances are you're doing it wrong. Welcome to the Enough Already podcast. I'm your host, Betsy Jordan, and in every episode, we talk about finding the courage to turn your unique strengths, perspective, and experience into a profitable, purpose-driven consulting or coaching business. Today, I'm talking with Vern Schellinger, the president of the premier networking and training and coaching company, Contacts Count. So my team and I have been working with Vern for the last few months on his brand positioning, his messaging, his copy, his website design, and my work with him has permanently changed the way I both see and approach networking. He showed me that with a few small tweaks in mindset and skills, not only could I get really good at networking, but actually come to enjoy it. So I invited him on the show because I want you to discover these simple shifts that will help you fill your network with potential clients who are the perfect fit for you, or fill your network with the people who know those people and cannot wait to introduce you to them. So are you ready to make your contacts count? Let's do this. So welcome to the show, Vern. I'm so excited to have you here. Well, Betsy, I'm excited to be here as well. So before we get started, just um, can you just give a real quick introduction, your name, what you do? Yeah, my name is uh, Vern Schellinger, and I'm currently the president and CEO of a company called Contacts Count, which focuses on teaching people how to network and build relationships. Uh, this has been a a lifelong journey for me in terms of learning how to network and then for, and then finally discovering contacts count and then having the opportunity to actually buy the company and, and really bring it into the 21st century. So I'm pretty excited about uh, our launch of a new website, an online learning program that's being developed and, and looking forward to, to spreading the word about the, the approach that contacts count has and how well it works based on our experience. So that is so exciting. So I have I wanted you on the show for a couple of reasons. One, you and I have been working together for it seems like almost a year now on your website, and you've gone through this whole rebranding process. So I've I'm so excited about your website and all this all the new things that are coming out. But the other reason why I wanted to have you on the show is just your unique approach to networking and how networking is so transformative. So I really want to hit both those elements. But the first part is like, let's talk back and let's bring me back in time. When did you just start? When did you discover networking as like, this is what I want my business to be all about? And this is my focus. Um, I, I actually, um, I worked for um, Lee Heck Harrison, a global management and uh, career transition company for about five years. And during that time, I, I was getting pretty good at networking. I was actually teaching clients how to network to help them find jobs. And I really thought I knew everything there was to know about networking. Um, I was working with an executive coach and she said, um, whenever I hear you talk about career management, networking, she said, I hear so much passion in your voice. She said, you need to talk to Lynn Wayman. Well, Lynn is the founder, along with her sister, Ann Baber, of Contacts Count. And I read their book called Make Your Contacts Count. And it was like uh, an awakening for me. I said, geez, I thought I knew everything I to know there was about networking. This stuff is taking it to a whole new level. 
and I became so interested in it. I became a certified coach for them. Um, and for the last 10 or 15 years, I've done work with them, both while I still had a full-time job. And then even as I, I made my uh, way into retirement and uh, when they decided they were going to retire, um, I said, contacts count's going to go away. And I just, my, my, my heart, my soul, my said, I can't let that happen. This stuff is too good. And so I had the opportunity to buy the business and I did. And uh, so, and that's when I called you and said, I need, I need a new website. I need branding. I need marketing. I need messaging. And here we are. So it seems like though the networking piece wasn't just a new thing. It seems like there was a new approach to networking. So what was it about networking that has been more of a lifelong value? And then what did you learn that was different that you never really thought about before when you got connected with Contacts Count? Well, I, I think the, 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 the key learnings that, or the transformation or the, the next level of, of what Contacts Count had uh, developed was these eight competencies. They had really boiled down networking into eight specific companies, competencies where there are skills, behaviors, tools, and strategies. And as I learned about them, I actually realized that, oh my God, I've used some of these before and was unaware that, you know, I was only using a fraction of what was there. And there was so much more in, in these competencies that that I could learn and other people could learn in, in, and actually become more effective, more comfortable, more confident in their way to build relationships with other people. And, and some of these concepts are really pretty simple. It's not rocket science. Um, you know, the, the foundational principle is really about teaching and giving. Uh, you know, the more I teach you about who I am and the more I learn about who you are, the greater likelihood we can help one another. But, so go ahead. So it sounds like though that the like I want to go back to what was different is you said there's these eight competencies. And I'm sure somebody who's listening in would be like, okay, but I already know how to not go to networking events. Like I do this all the time. You know, I show up at the trade events and I know how to work the room. What are you talking about about competencies that's different than I know how to work the room. I know how to meet people, say hello, break the ice. I'm social. Like, what would you say is different about these competencies? These competencies provide, uh, again, skills, behaviors that allow people to have a more deeper, engaging conversation with the other person they're talking to. And, and to facilitate this whole learning process, this whole teaching and giving process. Um, in other words, uh, simplest example I can give you is, um, you know, the most common question at any of these networking net meetings is what do you do? Mm -hmm. And right. And so when I say I'm the president and CEO of Contacts Count, people don't even know what Contacts Count is, is all about, right? They don't, what is that? as opposed to saying, I teach people the skills and behaviors of networking to build mutually beneficial relationships. I just finished a program with the students at George Washington University where they said the program literally changed their lives. Now that's a two sentence answer to the what do you do question. And think about it, when I give my title 
or I give my industry, or I give, I'm a CPA, I'm an attorney. I really haven't answered the question. What do mm. you do? Right. All, all, right. I've, I, and I've lumped myself in with the thousands of other attorneys in the world. Okay. I know what an attorney is, but that doesn't tell you anything about who they are as a person. So the, the act of simply answering that, what do you do question in a different way helps actually fuel the conversation. So people will say, if, if you've got a really good best test, what we call a best test answer, something you're really good at, and then some testimonial, some example of, of how well you've done it, people want to know about that. Well, how did you do that? What, it literally changed their lives. How did, how did that happen? And, and now, you, now you have the opportunity. To, they're inviting you <laughs> to tell you more about who you are, what you do, why you do it. And they're learning more about you. And, and obviously, it's incumbent upon me, if, if I'm in that situation, to make sure that at some point I say, and I consciously in my head say, okay, Vern, that's enough about you. Let me learn about Betsy. You know, what, what's Betsy all about? And, I, and I'll start to ask you questions about your background and what you're all about and why you do what you do and what, you, what are your passions? What are your goals? So it sounds like one aspect of the approach is about being more um, relational on a deeper level, like not sat not settling for the surfacey kind of exchange that happens at most networking events, and learning how to use conversation starters to go deeper and create more of a, a authentic connection with somebody. That's so true. if is that right? Yep, absolutely. Okay. So if you were going to coach me and say, all right, my, what I do. So if I, if we were going to an event and I, and you asked me what I did and it's like, oh, I'm a brand positioning and messaging strategist for consultants and coaches. What would you have me say differently? That would be more interesting. Your first sentence should be something about, I help uh, small business entrepreneurs, business coaches grow grow their business or, or um, grow their business uh, in, in anything that, you know, what do you do to help them become more successful? And, and you've got to, you've got to put in the two or three key things, the key, key outcomes that, you know, you achieve when, when people are working with you. So, so it would be better to say, I help consultants and coaches who are in it for a purpose to build businesses and lives that they love by helping them hone their brand positioning. For example, I just work with Vern, who has a huge passion for networking and the power of authentic connection. And I just helped him manifest it in an online brand and in a website that's amazing that looks and feels like him. Would I say something more like that? Yeah, absolutely. So but, it's just I mean, a little I, shift. It's not that difficult. It, it, it it's it's not that difficult. Although uh, I can tell you, and and when uh, whenever we do a session, it it really takes people a little bit of time to get comfortable. You know, first of all, crafting it, and 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 you know, the like anything else, the first draft is not exactly the best. You know, and you work at it, and you get some feedback. But over time, when people get comfortable doing that, they you know it. Again, this helps them engage in, into a better conversation. And, and, it's, and it's one opportunity where you have to teach other people about yourself. And that's, that's one of the key competencies. It's, it's called communicate your expertise. 
Mm. Now, but communicate your expertise, not in a bragging and boasting way, but when the opportunity presents itself. So when somebody says, what do you do? That's a perfect opportunity to tell them, you know, two sentences. They're not going to go on for 10 minutes, but you're just going to give them, you know, kind of the top level view of, you know, here's what I do. Um, so, so one of the competencies is communicate your expertise in an engaging way. Um, what are some of the others? Like, or let me ask you a question this way. Um, what are some of the mistakes that you see a lot of small business owners, entrepreneurs, job seekers, consultants, coaches, what are the mistakes that you see people typically make around networking? And what would you say is the related competency that you all work on and contacts count to develop? Mm, good question. Uh, one of the mistakes that I see people um, do, and this is based on our research, we actually have an online networking competency assessment. Ooh, nice. Um, and so you can actually get a score on each one of these eight competencies. And one of the competencies is called take a strategic approach. And invariably, for whatever reason, this is one of the lowest scores. Uh, even people who score pretty good on, on some of the other ones score low on a strategic approach. The way I interpret that is people go, yeah, well, I should network, so I'm going to go out there and network without being more intentional and purposeful in, in the way they go about networking. If you think about um, if you were planning a meeting and you were in charge of a meeting, you would take the time to who do you know what's the objective of the meeting who do i meet when's the time you you do all the scheduling if you were going on a vacation you would take the time to plan this out well people just go to a networking event and you know wing it basically or you know and, and so um we try to get people to to understand why why are you networking what's the goal or purpose of your networking what what do you want to accomplish in your life? What are some of the goals you have? And then from there, okay, who are the type of people that you need to get connected with? Where are these people? Uh, and then you you purposely, intentionally try to get to that networking meeting or join that professional association or have someone introduce you to someone who who can help you, you know, achieve whatever goal you're 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 looking to achieve. I think that's brilliant because I see this all the time that the people I work with is everybody says, all right, I'm going to just start my business and I have a big network and I'm going to start networking, you know, and I always kind of say, all right, let's, let's hold, let's hold off a little bit, you know, around like, well, what's your goal? And there's a difference between networking is like, I just, something I do versus like networking as my marketing strategy. And I get asked all the time, like, oh, should I join like an OD network or ATD or something like that? I'm like, depends. Are those people your clients? Or are you looking for colleagues? Like make, you know, cause you're not going to find clients if you're an OD consultant so, at the organization the development reason. network, but you're going to find friends for sure. Right. If you're right. friends and colleagues, if you're looking friends and colleagues go here, if you're looking yeah. for your clients, you got to go somewhere else. Yes. Why, why do you think people are making this mistake? Like, why is this so hard to see that it's like, oh yeah, I really, cause it's like, when you say that it doesn't feel like rocket science. But so many of us do it. Why? Why do we do it that way? Honest to God, Betsy, I don't know the answer to that question. Uh, I, I don't know why. Uh, I, I don't know why people don't don't become more intentional. I, I uh, you know, everybody says, well, and, and 
And so I, I, I think um, here's one potential answer. I mean, I read a lot of things. I see a lot of things around about networking and what I see is, is why networking is so important. And uh, it's, it's, you really should, you really ought to want to network. And so people network because they, they read and see all of this stuff, but it doesn't get down to, okay, well, how do I network? What, what, what specifically should I be doing mm -hmm. to be effective at networking? And, and to me, that's, that was one of the reasons that I was so, you know, enlightened with the eight competencies of contacts. Count. I'm saying this actually gets down to, you know, the real, you know, basic, uh, you know, skills and behaviors. Here's, here's some things you can specifically do and it will improve your ability to build relationships with people. So is that your definition of networking is intentionally build relationships with people or is there yeah, a different definition? No, the, I mean, the goal uh, of everything we do at, in, in contact count is to help people build mutually beneficial trust-based relationships. Mm. And we, we have a, a diagram that talks about the different types of interactions you can have with people. Um, all the way from, you know, you're going to sit on a plane for two hours and you start to have this conversation with somebody, which is literally just an accident, right? It's just, it, you know, it's not something that was planned. Could be a great conversation and you really could, you know, like the person, they could like you, but you get off that plane and go your separate ways and you're never going to see them again. From those types of, and, and we kind of, we have identifiers for these different conversations that you have. They're at a different level of trust. So, you know, when you're sitting on a plane next to someone, you're not going to tell them anything really deep about yourself. Whereas the more you talk to someone, the more you learn about them, they can become what we call an advocate. And so an advocate is someone who the two of you know each other well enough that you can recommend the person. You can you can talk. I could I could talk about Betsy to other people now because right. I know you well enough. I know what you do. OK, I can recommend you. I've experienced you. You know, it's, it's the old saying you 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 buy from people, you know, you like, you trust. Mm -hmm. And 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 so when people are advocates for one another, um, that just that just, you know, opens up so many possibilities that that can occur through through the through networking it, it, it's as you know the new logo says the power of human connection and right it, and it really is um i mean just yesterday um i i got an offer to co-author a book wow congratulations <laughs> and it and it and it came simply through networking simply you know simply um i have a, a colleague in washington dc and she had this group come in and do a webinar. Um, and, and of course they did a webinar. It was kind of a sales pitch to, to you know, to get people to, to, to come to them and talk to them. And they're a, they're a, a, a professional organization that does a lot of networking. And so the marketing person called me and we started talking and started talking about contacts count. And she goes, wow, this stuff's really good. And she said, you know, the owner and her are going to write this book on networking and, you know, we'd like you to join us. Wow. <laughs> so it seems like that a lot of times when we think about networking, we think about going to events, 
And what I'm gathering from your our conversation here is going to events is one aspect of networking, but networking as a terminology or a practice that you're going to have is really more of an ongoing intentional mindset of creating these mutually beneficial trusting relationships so that you could find your advocates and you could find the people that you want to advocate for. And it's at this bigger level rather than just at can I rock the networking event? How many cards could I, you know, yeah, swap yeah. with somebody? And, you know, yeah. can I, can I get somebody on my LinkedIn network? It seems like yeah. it's so much more significant from your standpoint. Am I reading you right? A absolutely. Uh, I mean, networking events have their place. So in the earlier example you gave about the OD network, uh, again, if my goal was to stay up on what's happening in OD, what are the trends? What are the issues? Then I would go to that networking and meeting meeting for for that type of information. But as you said, if I'm an OD consultant, where are my clients? I've, I've got to find my clients, and so networking events have their place. But the most um, the most benefits from networking are going to come from those one on one conversations over time with particular individuals, where you develop the relationship to the point where it is you are truly advocates for one another. So I think that your your story around having that mindset around these mutually beneficial relationships happened long before you met the people who initially started Contacts Count, but it seems like it started back when you were working at Dunkin' Donuts and you were going through that transition. Would you be open to sharing that story? I love that story because it feels like it really gives more of that back of the why behind your business. Sure. sure. So... The first part of my career, I, I worked for Dunkin' Donuts for 25 years. I literally started as a baker in a donut shop, and I ended up as the senior vice president of human resources and the chief learning officer for Dunkin' Donuts. Um, but after 25 years, uh, as most organizations, they were going through a lot of changes, and I just felt it was time for me to move on. Um, I felt I had a, a great opportunity to, to move on and you know move to another organization. Um, and then the first thing that I learned was that, oh my God, if I'm going to get another job, I better learn how to network. And the second thing I learned, I knew right away was, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to network at all. Thank God I was with a good, you know, outplacement transition service that, that did teach me how to network enough, well enough to get the job, get to the next job, um, and and so I saw the the benefit of it there, but I was literally what's referred to as, you know, the unconscious incompetent. When I was at Dunkin' Donuts, I didn't know anything about networking. I didn't care to know anything about networking. I kept getting promoted. It was a great, great organization. But then when I lost my job, I became the conscious incompetent. Now I'm mm -hmm. now I now now I'm consciously aware of how much I don't know and I need to learn it. And I, as I said, between the the outplacement uh, company that I worked with, and then eventually working for Lee Heck Harrison, I became pretty good at networking. and I understood how, 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 you know, how important and how impactful networking can be and, and literally found my jobs, some of my jobs through networking. Um, <clears throat> the, the job with Lee Heck Harrison um, came to me from someone in my network who called me and said, Vern, she said, I know you talked to me uh, a year or so ago about career management and how you thought that might be a great spot for you. Leah Harrison's interviewing for the vice president of professional services in Metro DC. Would you be interested? I said, 
Yes, I would. If, if she didn't call me. So that there's an advocate. That's mm-hmm. somebody that knew me well enough. And, and she, she knew that I wanted that. I said to her, I said, I think this is my dream job to be in the career management field. And a year later, she called me and said, they're, they're interviewing. And she recommended me and I, I got the job. That so before con before contacts come, I'm going, oh my God, this, you know, if it wasn't her name was Betsy, by the way. How was it? <laughs> it was. Cool. BC uh, Betsy's are good advocates <laughs> for people. So that's right. uh if it wasn't for Betsy, I would have never known about that job. I would have never got that job. I would have never had that learning experience. Uh so so that that literally is a to me is a one of those transformational events in my life that I that was able to 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 get into that field and and become you know have that have that learning experience and by the way help a lot of people help them find jobs so So I think what's interesting about what you're talking about here is it seems like there's a difference between getting people to be your advocates versus getting people to be your referrals so referrals to me are people who are aware of what you did in the past. So they might've recommended you for chief learning opportunities because that's what they knew. But it seems like you took an opportunity with this Betsy to teach her about what you really wanted, which was your dream job, which is career management, which was not exactly one-to-one from what you did before. And I think a lot of times people say, oh, I can grow my business from referrals. I'm like, yeah, if you want to keep getting what you used to do. If I, if I wanted to grow my business based on referrals, I would still be doing OD consulting for organizations. I would not be having, you know, this branding business. You have to take charge of what you're, what you want to be all about that. I assume that's the teach part that of your model. And there, and that's the difference. It seems like between a referral source and advocates, am I, am I reading this right? That there's a difference between referrals and advocates. it, It would depend on. I mean, you could have somebody refer you who is, in fact, your advocate. Uh, I mean, that I mean, that's what advocates do. They'll, they'll refer business to you. But I, but I understand what you're saying. Some people just, you know, they have they have one interaction with you. It's, it's, you know, if you're a, a if you're a consultant or a small business owner or small and you provide a product and service and people love it, then, you know, they'll refer you. And, and there's no real relationship there. Uh, we just had dinner the other night with a couple that was telling us about, you know, the, the, the people who came in and did cabinets in their house and they'd be, they'd give, they'd given that business three referrals. Uh, they don't know them, but, but the quality of the work and the workmanship, that's, that's what that referral was based on. Um, so there, it really depends on the depth of the relationship, whether somebody's your advocate or it's simply just a referral because people, you know, know your business and know you did a good job and they would recommend you, which is obviously something that's, you know, important <clears throat> to every business, be it, you know, Bank of America or, or you know, a small, small entrepreneur or business coach or a consultant. So, Or maybe um, it's like an advocate for the right things. You know, like you had to shape Betsy's thinking that it's like, please don't refer me simply for chief learning learning officer opportunities. I really want to do career management. So when career management came up, then there was a match. match. You know, that brings me back to when I got my first OD job at Disney is one of my my, uh, colleagues when I was getting my master's in HR 
knew I loved OD. That was the area that I gravitated to, even though at the time I had a role in HR, but they said, hey, they're hiring at Disney for OD people. So there's like a teach component is you want to have not just people who refer you in general, but you want to teach them to what to refer you for and be an advocate for your dreams as much as what your past experience might be like. Well, and and again, that goes to the depth of the relationship. When people are your advocate, I mean, the more you talk to them and the, and the, and the more you learn about them and the more they learn about you, again, the greater likelihood you help them in some way. Uh, and, and, and so to your point, again, this was, so this, this Lee Heck Harrison job was before contacts count. And looking back on it, basically what I was doing with Betsy was communicating my expertise, communicating my desire to be in, you know, the career management field. So I was, I, I was sharing that with her. And then that ultimately led to her, you know, recommending me or letting, letting me even know the job was open and available at the time. So you've had other stories where you talk about the beauty of this type of process where you're teaching and learning and creating those mutually beneficial relationships. And I think there was um, a connection that you put together with some, a nonprofit in, in Africa, I think it was. Um, could you tell that story? Sure. Um, this is a this is a person who was at the World Bank. Uh, he grew up in Kenya, college educated in Kenya. His family actually had a pretty significant business, and it was a, a suite of different businesses, farming and agriculture, education, uh, real estate. And when he graduated from college, he tried to manage the business and wasn't very successful. <laughs> Came to the United States, got an MBA, very senior level position at the World Bank. So he he obviously you know improved his skills tremendously. And he started, um, he reached out to Contacts Count because he said, I'd like to, to give back to Kenya. I'd like to help create economic development in Kenya. I'd like to, um, I, I'd like to build an educational institution in, in Kenya. Um, but he says, I don't know how, and I'm not very good at networking. And, and, you know, if I can get better at networking, I think all of this, this can happen. So, um, I worked with him for, oh God, probably six months to a year. And this was just before the pandemic. So the pandemic hit and I kind of lost, you know, track of, of, of cello. Um, but as I've reconnected with him, once everything, he was thinking he had to go to Kenya and he had to build, you know, build, you know, relationships in Kenya. And then when everything went virtual, he just realized I could do this virtually. And recently, he just told me that this this educational institution is being being built, at, you know, right now. And and there's another there's another uh, story related to that that again is such a great example of how contacts count. Uh, the approach and the skills can be so powerful. During this whole time, uh, a good friend of mine who's an executive coach, we would meet for breakfast every you know, three months or so. And so another opportunity to share with others, teach others about what's going on, what you're doing in your life is when you get, you know, you, you get the, the, the question, somebody says, so how are you? What's going on? What's new? Right. 
And a lot of people say, well, not much. You know, the, the weather's been nice. Uh, we may go on vacation and stuff. When somebody says that, you really have an opportunity. What's new? What's going on? It's another opportunity to teach. So I said to Jeff, I said, I said, Jeff, I've got to tell you about my new client at the World Bank. This is pretty, a pretty interesting story. And Jeff's an executive coach. So I tell him about cello. And Jeff says to me, he says, one of my best friends is named Martin, and he's from South Africa. And it sounds like Martin wants to do the same thing that cello was doing in Kenya. And so the two of us connected cello and Martin. Wow. And, and I mean, I'm, I'm thinking, my God, I just added so much value <laughs> to my client, Cello, only because I, I instead of saying, hey, you know, Jeff, yeah, the weather's great. Yeah, we're, you know, it, you, when those opportunities present themselves, being skilled enough to recognize it's an opportunity to tell Jeff something about what's going on in my life. So there's so many things to unpack on this one, but this seems to be the when you mentioned the Georgetown, somebody who's in the Georgetown um, group that you just did, when you said this material is changing lives, this is, I think, is this one of those examples where these skills are changing lives? Is that? Yeah, there's there's really some, you know, what I would call transformational type life events, whether it's finding the dream job, um, whether it's, um, you know, reaching business goals that people didn't think they, they could reach. Um, um, there's so many, you know, so many positive outcomes, advancing your career, um, being able to be a, um, um, you know, if you're in an organization, using your network to help the organization, you know, solve some of its problems or big issues, staying in touch with what's happening in that industry through your network. Um, um, recommending talent to your organization that where you know that this person would be a great addition to the team. Um, simply being um, aware of, of, you know, what's going on in the, the industry. Um, one of the other things that um, networking can do, especially for job seekers, and most people don't, don't, don't even recognize this, there is a hidden job market what do you mean by that? So um, a hidden job market means that there are lots of jobs, many jobs that you will never see on Indeed. You will never see them posted anywhere. So unless someone in your network knows about a particular job, you'll never have an opportunity to even find out or even apply for the job, let alone get an interview and get the job. Um, and and the, the statistics are pretty staggering because of all the jobs, only 10 to 20% of them are people who have applied like on, on Indeed. Lots of jobs are out there because what happens is people use their network. You know, right. we need a new we need a new executive assistant here at you know ABC company. You know, do you know anybody? Do you, you know, oh well, my niece is looking for a new job, and all of a sudden, you know, that job never gets posted anywhere. So it's it's only through your network. The last two jobs I got came to me from that they weren't posted anywhere. And and um, I mean the last job with the American Bankers Association, I had a former boss call me. She was hired to do the recruiting process for the senior VP of HR. 
I wasn't looking for a job at all. I was perfectly happy where I was. She just convinced me, twist my arm to become a candidate. And, and it turned out to be a great opportunity. And, you know, I got the job, but I would have, I, I wasn't looking for a job, would have never known about that job. And nobody else would have other than people in her network, because she was so well known in the HR community in Metro DC. She just sent an email to probably 25 people. And she probably had, you know, 10 or 15 candidates, you know, immediately. So I think that this also relates very much to consultants and coaches because there are no official job postings unless they do an RFP, which is not the kind of jobs you'd want anyway. Right. You know, but the the majority of the time, you know, somebody's looking for someone, they're not going to advertise it like, hey, our business is in trouble. Can, you know, let's post something about we need a consultant or, <laughs> right. you know, right. or I'm struggling getting to the next level of my career. Anyone, you know, you it would have to be through the networking. That's where a lot of us will find the role. But yeah. I, what I like about what you're saying here too, is going back to the teaching component, teaching about what you do and your expertise feels really different energetically to me than trying to sell somebody about your expertise. Like a lot of people feel like the elevator pitch is like, I have to get someone to sign on a dotted line in the middle of an mm. elevator. I'm like, well, you would never really get that. That's not a trusting relationship. No, no. And I think a lot of people avoid networking or don't get strategic about it because of that icky feeling. So can you talk a little bit about, you know, some of the mindsets that we have wrong? I know you've, we talked about if you think it's, if you're, if you think it's slimy, you're doing it wrong. You know, if you, yeah. if you, if you're worried in an introvert and you can't do this well, you're doing it wrong. Can you tick off some of those things of what, mm. what mindset traps keep us from applying these wonderful principles? Or let's just start off with the slimy one. <laughs> well, a lot of people feel like it's, it's boasting and it's sales and, and I'm, I'm, I'm pushing myself onto another person. And I don't, you know, and that obviously is icky, slimy. I, you know, I wouldn't want to do that. Um, uh, again, the elevator pitches, I just, I just hate the term. It's, it just seems like, okay, I have you trapped in this elevator now. <laughs> right? and, yeah. and you're going to hear what I got to say, whether you want me to or not. Right. Yeah. That's, right. Not, a, that's not a very, that's not a very, uh, you know, uh, tr mutually beneficial trust-based relationship. That's not how you get there. Okay. Right. Yeah. It's so, and, and so, uh, you know, one of the myths is obviously, um, you know, one is, you know, networking is simply a waste of time. I go to these networking events and I get all these business cards and, and nothing happens. But again, that's because it's not very intentional. It's not very purposeful. Ask people, you know, so if you got, 10 business cards, what did you do with them? Most of them end up in the trash at some point, maybe the day later or three months later, they end up in the trash. Now, the only people who really do something with them are salespeople. They'll, they'll immediately call people and try to sell them whatever they're trying to sell them. Um, uh, another myth is, is, again, the introverts. You know, I'm an introvert, therefore I can't uh, learn how to network. Um, and I just recently... Um, had it was it's interesting i had another um, client from africa uh, this time in, in nigeria and i had I'll, i have to pick i have to pick this up because you've got to let me just so the first email i got from him he said here are three things you need to know about me i hate to network the traffic in lagos is terrible so i never want to get in my car and drive anywhere and i'm an introvert 
and I like to stay in my office and read my books. And yet he recognized he was at a point in his career where in order to get to the next level or to take his business to the next level, he said, I need, I need different people in my network. He says, I have a network, but to get to the next level, I need to, to get to, 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 a, to a whole new audience of people. And after six or nine months, he said, I gained competence, confidence and competence in, in building relationships. I now approach networking in a more intentional and deliberate way. And that's all just based on the eight competencies. And he was a great client because he, even though he said all of those things and, and he was an introvert, he liked to stay in his office, he, he forced himself to, to actually get out and, and start to interview people. And he, he did the hard work that he had to do to make that, that kind of change in his life. So it's almost like you have to look at like who is in my network and is my network the right people that relates to where I want to go in my career. And if it's not, even if I'm an introvert or even if I am not a big fan of like networking events, like you still have to get other people, but you don't have to all of a sudden become like woo person who can, you know, walk the, you know, work the networking room. Like, Hey, nice to meet you. Hey, yeah, nice yeah, to meet yeah, you. Yeah. you. You're the best thing ever. You're yeah, not going to become yeah. that person. You're yeah. just going to be authentic. Just be, just be yourself and be authentic. And, 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 you know, I mean, the people that are working the room and doing all of that, um, you know, to me, they're not really very authentic they're, and, and, it, and it's very transactional. It's very superficial. Uh, and again, going back to mutually beneficial trust-based relationship, it takes time. It takes a number of conversations before, um, you know, two people really start to feel, wow, this, I really like this person. I, you know, uh, I trust this person. Uh, I, I like being with this person. I can learn from this person. Um, um, this person's, you know, introduced me to people. And, and, and again, if it's mutually beneficial, you're introducing that person to other people in your network that you know might be helpful. So it takes a little bit of vulnerability though, it seems like too, is to be really authentic about, I like, it's almost like you have to manage any scarcity fears. Like if you're at the networking event or you're trying to reach out to your network, you have to manage those scarcity fears because I'm not here to use anybody. I'm not here for the transactions. I'm not here for the quick wins. I'm here to create mutually beneficial relationships. Seems like that's first step is I got to chill that part of me. And then it seems like the next step is really engage in these conversations, but I have to be willing to share what mm -hmm. I authentically want, who I authentically am and what I authentically want in order to teach somebody appropriately. Like I have to learn, of course, and listen deeply for who they are, but I have to be willing to share who I am without the spiely kind of stuff. So you're not gonna say, you know, I'm an expert in, I'm a, you know, I could say the same thing that we just did my what I do is I could say, you know, I use my 20 years of experience or now I guess it's 30, I just figured this out. <laughs> I use my 30 years. <laughs> Sorry, I use my 30 years of experience in organization development and then my 10 years experience in digital marketing to equip and empower people to dramatically grow their profits and their wealth. Like if I said stuff like that, that's yeah. not going to be the same as yeah. I, you know, I, I'm really passionate about helping people uncover and monetize their strengths and put their authentic selves in an online platform. Recently, I worked with Vern, who's got this huge passion for networking. And I helped him manifest this essence of who he is and what he wants his business to be all about in an online platform that looks and feels like him, 
and that it's going to be attractive to the clients he wants to serve. Yeah. Like that seems like a different energy, but it seems like I have to be in a different vulnerability level to say that. Yeah. And, and I can, I can, I can attest to the fact that when we, you know, something as simple as answering the, what do you do question and creating these two sentences, um, people struggle. One of the, you know, they say, Oh, I could never do that. Uh, that's, that's, that sounds, sounds like boasting to me. I mean, it, because it, it, it goes right to what you're talking about, that vulner, vulnerability and, and, but, but most people are able, you know, once they practice it and they get some comfortable, they get comfortable with it and they get confident with it, they, they're able to do that and they're able to do it pretty well. But that is, you're right, it's the most common thing that it, we ever hear in any workshop that we do, whether it's virtual or, or uh, in person, it's, oh God, that sounds like boasting. Right. So, yeah, yeah. So it's like the first step. So then really is, is like, I got to be clear on why I'm networking, what the goals are. I need to get settled that I'm going to approach this from a place of relationship and teaching and giving. I'm going to show up wherever I am on the airplane, at the grocery store, at my kid's soccer game, whenever I'm meeting people with this spirit of teaching and learning so that I can create mutually beneficial, trusting relationships. And then from there, I assume, is there something, another kind of step that comes after that? The, the Well, the step that comes after that is obviously you've got to maintain those relationships. Mm. Uh, in other words, you can't, you, you know, once you get to that level of mutually beneficial trust, you know, there's got to be some ongoing regular communication. And by, it doesn't have to be like every day, every week, uh, but certainly over the course of a year, you need to have two or three or four, you know, either go to lunch or stay in touch with people um, over time. One of the most um, um, amazing things I think that that happens is once you've developed that that type of uh, relationship, you again, you've experienced the other person's character and competence. Uh, you know who they are. You know what they're about. They they've gotten to know you. And we have a, a term where we say there's always a lot of dormant relationships in your network. And by dormant, these are people you knew 10 years ago and you may not have talked to for 10 years now. So the person is no longer your advocate because you, you just, you, you, you've lost touch with one another. However, it is so easy to rekindle that relationship and start it up again because you know, they, you, you had this, this really strong bond at one point and you pick up the phone and say, Hey, Betsy, I know it's been a long time since we've talked. I just ran across your name somewhere here. And how are you? And literally two people, you know, start catching up with one another and, and they could rekindle that whole, you know, advocacy, advocacy, you know, going forward. So that's so interesting because people spend a lot of time looking for new people for their network and they totally forget about all the people that are sitting on, you know, their LinkedIn profile or, you know, what have you. Yeah. And that's where LinkedIn's kind of nice is it gives you a little reminders of birthdays. You know, birthdays. you could use that as like, hey, happy birthday. Yeah. How, and, and instead of just saying happy birthday, maybe if you're more intentional, it's like, hey, what's new? What's, you know, yeah. what, what's yeah. what's going on in your world? What's exciting? So yeah, if you were going to bottom line, I'm sorry, go ahead. I was going to say, let's find a time to catch up, you know, something as simple as that, you know, with along with the birthday, witch. yeah. 
Yeah. So you're, that's what, I, that, yeah, I almost missed this really important part of what you're, you advocate for in this philosophy is keep it personal. You don't have to keep it all online, chat with somebody, have yeah. coffee, yeah. develop those relationships. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So bottom line for me, um, cause there's different audiences. I know that contacts count serve, and I want you to just kind of say in like, kind of like rapid fire, like what would be the value or outcome if I'm a job seeker? So if I just, um, if I'm in between jobs or I want a new opportunity, I want a promotion, what will contacts count do for me as a job seeker? Well, first of all, it will help you uncover the hidden job market. And second of all, think about uh, the interviewing process. If there's one place where you need to communicate your expertise and do it really well, it's in the interviewing process. And so um, the other, we talked about the two sentence, you know, answer to what you do, what do you do? The other way you communicate your expertise is through short stories. And, and for anybody going into an interview, they need to have their short stories written about this accomplishment, you know, because all it is is a one liner on your resume. What, what's the backstory? You know, what was the challenge? What, what actions did you take? What results did you get? So um, that's all part of the, the context count approach. So for a job seeker, it's, it's absolutely critical. Most jobs are found through networking. So as a job seeker, I will find find a job that maybe not even be posted and I'll be more effective in landing the job. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, now let's talk about the entrepreneur who needs to fill their network with potential clients. Like how could you help entrepreneurs, consultants, coaches, speakers? <clears throat> well, entrepreneurs, again, um, the first the first thing they they can do is is obviously deliver their their product and service to any customer they had initially have and do it in a way that's you know high quality you know priced right all of those things and when a when a customer experiences you know a really positive uh, great value from this entrepreneur or this business consultant whatever the product or, or service is um can they build a relationship with that person over time? They may or may not, but with some of their customers, I know people in business, you know, consultants who have a great relationship with customers over time, they get to know their families and all of these other things. So again, you're trying to either build advocates with some of your customers or it's simply referrals. I mean, if you're delivering that, that great value, people will refer you and, and which, you know, referral marketing is, is just huge for small businesses. So we talked about job seekers and the value that contacts counts can provide for them. Let's talk about the consultants, coaches, speakers, entrepreneurs who have to constantly be out there, you know, finding clients. How could contacts count help this particular type of person? The way that contacts count helps business coaches and consultants is to help them dramatically improve their ability to build relationships, gain clients, gain new business over time. I, I like to think of it as transforming someone who has all of these maybe um, issues with networking to a point where they find networking is fun, easy, comfortable, and they're getting lots of value through their efforts of networking and building their business. 
you know, one of the things too, that we talked about earlier was the strategic aspect. I imagine if people become more strategic in the networking, then it's going to take less time and be a lot more effective. I assume that that's a big part of it. Absolutely. Yeah. And, and, and again, being strategic, um, you know, over time you, you continually improve, it's kind of continuous improvement and being, you know, strategic, uh, to get you started and then figuring out other ways to to use the the, the whole competency of, of the strategic approach to find new markets, to find new clients. What I also really love about how you could help this particular audience is, you know, consultants and coaches, speakers, they're naturally relationship-based. Like that's what they're all about. And the idea of sales doesn't even feel good. So it feels like that there's an approach that, kind of taps into what they're naturally good at anyway. Was that accurate? I, I would I would say so, yeah. In terms of people that are typically, you know, thinking about and doing and training others to build relationships, the fact that that, that they do that, they just need to understand that the, the skills of networking, you, you can use those to build those same types of relationships, which is going to result in, again, more referrals, more marketing, more um, more business to, 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 to the individual consultant or coach. And it seems like more of the right fit person as well. Yes. 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 With a strategic approach. Yeah. I also know you do custom programs for organizations like Georgetown and other intact organizations. Um, can you share a little bit about the value that you create for them? Yeah. With the organizations, uh, we really do take a, like a customized approach to a particular organization. Uh, and we kind of pride ourselves on making sure that we're understanding the culture, we're understanding what they're really trying to achieve. So um, pretty much run the gamut with organizations. Um, worked with a pharmaceutical company um, in New Jersey, and it was with their, it was with their marketing and branding team. And they were actually pretty good. They were the number one company in their niche. But the CEO said, you know, there's competition coming in and we need to stay number one in our little niche of the pharmaceutical world. So how do we better communicate and how do we better develop relationships with our existing customers and our clients? So they really focused on that communicating expertise and, and, and again, building those mutually trust-based relationships with their customers their existing customers and with potential customers. Um, I've done a program for um, a wealth management firm, small wealth management firm, only 10 or 12 employees, but with a very unique approach to wealth management. And it was all about how do, can we use networking skills to, again, get referrals, build our business. Um, worked with, um, we've worked with attorneys, uh, law offices, where Law offices have, spoke, have used the contacts count skills mostly with younger associates. You know, the the, the first, one or first year, second year, third year, you know, lawyer who needs to learn that you know, as you if you really aspire to be a partner, you better build a network of people and referrals, and you you need to build the business. Uh, and and so it 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 uh, we worked successfully with them, and. A little bit different type of organization was again the Georgetown, uh, George George Washington University MBA students, uh, which were literally from all over the world. There were twenty, you know, young bright people in that in that group, and 
China, Afghanistan, Argentina, you name it. They were from all over the world. And they literally improved their networking competency skills by over 30 points over a three or four month period. Wow. And we're getting and we're getting jobs and we're telling us telling stories, you know, uh, about how they use the skills, which was more even more impactful than the, the, than the numerical data to me, because I knew that they they had learned the skills and they were seeing the benefits of them. So you mentioned the competencies and I know you have an amazing assessment. If somebody wants to take the assessment and see where do they fall with those competencies, where can they find that assessment? And how could they find out all more about these amazing programs that you offer? All right. All I'll need to do is go to the brand new website that uh, Betsy's helped me develop. It's called contactscount.com. It's pretty simple. You'll find everything you need there in terms of the uh, there's a, a the short mini version of the, the competency assessment, which is free. And and the the broader, longer competency assessment is, is there along with all of our other services, whether it's individual coaching or working with organizations. Awesome. Is there anything that else that you want to tell me about contacts count or networking or the power of human connection? And I just didn't ask you the right question. I don't, I don't think so, Betsy. I just, uh, I can't say enough about how it's, like I said, literally transformed my life and I've seen it transformed others. And that's why, I mean, literally that's why I bought the business uh, because I just, I just, you know, see the value in this. And, and, and I'm someone who gets tremendous satisfaction, tremendous gratitude in helping people. And when I can see that I've helped people be more successful, be more productive, land the job that they wanted, build their business. Uh, that's just very gratifying. Awesome. Thank you so much for being on the show, Vern. Okay. Thank you, Betsy, for having me. All right. We'll chat soon. So if you want to see the context count approach in action, join me next week where Vern is going to actually put me on the hot seat. So in this unique on-air coaching session, you're going to see how to create your own networking strategy to help you achieve your goals. So make sure you hit subscribe now wherever you listen to this podcast so you don't miss it. And if you need help like Vern did on how to describe the unique value of what you do and create a website that reflects that value, I'd love to help you. Check out my branding and messaging services at www.betsyjordanwithay.com slash services. And until next time, thanks for listening. Thank you for tuning in. If today's episode lit a fire in you, please rate and review enough already on Apple Podcasts or subscribe wherever you listen. And if you're looking for your next step, visit me on my website at betsyjordan.com and it's Betsy Jordan with a Y. And you'll learn all about our end-to-end -end services that are custom designed to accelerate your success. Don't wait. Start today.